Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes, but managing your weight needs a long-term solution. And that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. I am Joe Galena. And as always, I am joined by my buddy, Scott Chu. How's it going there, Scott? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. We just had a, another baby shower, so there's more stuff. Oh, that my God. Some, That's we just great. had more stuff I got to shove into my garage or my basement or my house somewhere. But other than that, you know, things are things are going good. Just uh, yeah. just hoping that they, they stay cooking long enough to uh, head to New York in March. New York? So what's going on in March? <laughs> you tell me, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing that uh, you and I, both were invited to participate in Tout Wars, and we're recording this podcast on February 19th, and my draft is exactly one month away. I'm doing the auction draft mixed uh, league draft, and uh, you were also invited. It's it's amazing. It's For me, it's a lifelong dream, to tell you the truth. Joe, we're actually going to be in the same league. Are you Really? I, I mean, that's my understanding is I'm in the, oh, you know, I'm in the 15 team, I think. Yeah, I'm in the 12. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm in the 15, but you're in the 12. Mm-hmm. We, we've we got yeah. our we got our mixed auction drafts. Uh-huh. Yeah, that w- it would have been cool if we would have battled each other, right? <laughs> uh, we'd have to like, maybe we'd, uh, you know, maybe have to... Uh, I was going to say, I was, yeah, that's what I was trying to get. I was trying to be you know, kind about it, but you know, we're going to share uh, secrets here, but no, it's, it's so cool. And uh, so grateful to be invited to take part in it. So uh, really looking forward to it, but uh, Hey, you know, baseball season, I'm sure we have a lot of new people joining in because uh, you know, Super Bowl is behind us, football season behind us. And, you know, uh, what is it, five days until we see our first uh, exhi- exhibition game, uh, spring training game. So, you know, it, it's baseball season, Scott. Yeah, I think someone posted that uh, starting today, right? Or, yeah, today, this is the last Sunday without baseball for, like, ten, <laughs> something ridiculous, like eight months or something like that. So, <laughs> So that's that's a lot of fun. We're finally getting back into it. Uh, we're we're gonna have some news to to overreact to in just a few more days. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You t- you know, leading right up to it, I do have some news, and you know, I hesitate to throw news out because so much new uh, information comes out on, on a daily and hourly basis, really. But I'll, I'll just mention, I'll highlight a few. So Liam Hendricks threw a bullpen session on Friday. Uh, Hendricks, obviously the uh, closer for the White Sox uh, battling non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We wish him the best. Uh, Adoboto Amandasi, uh, Red Sox shortstop, at least that's what we think, right? We were joking around right before the podcast. Um, no timetable for his return. Uh, expected to open the season on the IL. Remember, he's coming back from a torn ACL. 
Jacob deGrom, now this is a shocker, right? Uh, experiencing some left side soreness. Uh, is expected to play catch on Sunday. And Sunday is today, the day that we are recording. So, uh, you know, once our podcast drops, you'll get more information on that. Lance McCullers Jr., no stranger to the IL. The Astros pitcher has been temporarily shut down from throwing after experiencing some arm soreness. And Dustin May, Dodgers pitcher, recovering from uh, Tommy John surgery, will have an innings limit on uh, the for, for this season. So he's going to pitch, He's going, but uh, going to be on an innings limit. So um, any of this, uh, you know, shock, I mean, the, the Grom news, it's kind of, you know, you hate to, you know, see anybody hurt or whatever, but hopefully it's something minor. But, you know, especially with him and Mondesi and, and McCullough is so injury prone. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's all sort of news and it's all sort of not news in that mm. we expect these, you know, McCullers is on an innings. I mean, any, any players on an innings limit when they come off Tommy John surgery, not just from a like realistic standpoint, like their, their team will have them on the innings limit, but there's also just an expectation standard, right? Like fewer of those innings will be useful. You're never, whenever someone's coming off of a major injury, you're never projecting like full playing time the next year. That's just not how that works, especially with Tommy John, but guys like, you know, Mondesi, his projection playing time just doesn't change, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't change. There's no timetable, but that's because the, you know, they don't really, he could come back in two months and barely miss any time. Right. So, you know, he's, he doesn't have a timetable, but there's not a lot of timetable that's needed for him. If you're drafting him and you're expecting more than 80 games, I think you're out of your mind. Mm -hmm. Right. So like for them to say, Oh, he might start out a little slower. That's fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) I know, I know. Tell me something I didn't know. Yeah, same for same for Degrom. Like to hear about him having some tightness, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm-hmm. don't expect him to throw 180 innings. That's just not right. going to happen. Right. I still think he can be fantasy's best pitcher theoretically, even if he only throws 120, 130. Right, just mm-hmm. because of the the massive amount of like just the massive quality you get from a lower quantity. So it's all news, but it's all kind of not news. It doesn't mm-hmm. really change anything about any of those players. Right, right, right. Yeah, it doesn't push the needle, we'll say, right? So I eh, just thought I'd throw it out there. So, um, But uh, this week, we're going to continue our positional previews. Going to uh, preview the catcher position. And uh, in the past, it's been a really tough position for fantasy baseball. But, you know, we've gotten a little infusion of youth. Uh, and we have a few uh, catchers that are now in their prime, right? We have some some really young guys and we have some guys that have been in the league for a couple of years that uh, have proven to be fantasy baseball assets that we'll talk about. But uh, it's been, it seems that the, the catcher position isn't, you know, uh, as, as, as scarce as like the second base or third base position, you know, that we talked about in previous episodes. I actually find that it's harder to deal with because in my mind, catcher was always a get one of the top couple or just stream it. There wasn't a mm-hmm. lot of thinking involved. If you liked the value of a JT Rio Mudo or a Will Smith or something like that, or a Wilson Contreras, you grabbed them. And if you didn't, and you didn't have a catcher by like round 11 or 12, you just didn't draft one. Like mm-hmm. it was like your final pick. It was like a kicker, right? right. I mean, right. it's one of these things where you could get a good one and it can make a difference. 
or you could just not. It doesn't matter that much, right? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. what's happening is that the what I call the streaming line, right? There's only so many catchers that are above the streaming line that are above just trying to manage it on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. That that number of catchers is a lot higher now. So while you'll have fewer people contending with you for streaming catchers, the bar for those catchers you're streaming to meet is a lot higher. So the mm -hmm. replacement level is actually, despite the fact that we have more good catchers, the re, it's actually meaning the replacement level is sort of dropping in relation because that mm -hmm. baseline for what a good catcher is keeps going up because right. the guys that we're going to talk about in tier, you know, tier two, really uh, tier two doesn't end till number, you know, number six. And then tier three goes through really like 10 guys, right? Those top 10 guys, you're probably not going to, you're not going to stream against those, right? There's Correct. 10 decent catchers, which means there's only two more that like, yeah, there's probably two people in your league that'll very much consider streaming it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's more difficult because yeah. the margin for error is so tight now. 15 teamers still tough and uh, it's still very tough when you're playing in a two catcher league. If there were 30 good catchers in baseball, <laughs> then, <laughs> then a lot of teams would be a lot happier about it. Right? Yeah. Like there's yeah. just not. There's not 30 good offensive catchers. It's one right. of those things that you never hear that like a team, the one thing they're missing is an offensive presence at catcher because you can't you, like, they're just not out there. Right? right. Teams, teams don't need it. They're like, it's cool to get one, but that's never what we're missing. Especially mm -hmm. now that the DH is in all leagues, teams will absolutely sacrifice offense for a good defensive catcher. That's the value they bring. Uh, it's actually one of the reasons that some of these catchers that we like will, you know, sit more often than you think simply because some of the pitchers have a preferred defensive catcher who calls mm -hmm. games better for them, who catches them better. So yes. uh, that's really the other thing is that playing time again, that's becoming a little tougher because we do have a few more full-time catchers than we've mm -hmm. had before. Uh, when it starts platooning happens just a little later in the rankings. Uh, but it also means like everything on the wire, it's going to be a lot of guys who just don't play all the time. Right. And that's another downside to streaming is that because the number of good catchers who will play a hundred, you know, play like a, more than 110 games keeps going up. It makes streaming just that much harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we dive right in? Um, got your, uh, we're using your player rankings that you could find on uh, pitcherlist.com. And uh, your first tier starts off with uh, JT Riamuto, uh, Dalton Varsho, Will Smith. So uh, JT Rimuto going to be 32 years old this uh, season. Overall, really consistent. Six straight seasons of at least 531 at-bats, you know, excluding uh, the 2020 season. Always been a little bit of a, a stolen base threat, you know, uh, as far as, uh, you know, catchers go. But took it to a new level with a career-high 21 stolen bases last season, 13 the year before. A um, couple of splits to talk about last year, uh, home away splits. He batted uh, 314 with a 909 OPS playing at home, 237 with a 729 OPS on the road. And uh, first half, second half last year, uh, batted uh, 252 with a 722 OPS. First half really turned that on with a 307 batting average and 949 OPS uh, in the second half. Um, yeah, I'll just talk about Varsho real quick. It's going to be 27 in July. Uh, seems to be, uh, you know, a lot of people have differing opinions on him. Uh, low batting average last season, low OBP, 
but he kind of had a, a breakout season last year. Uh, breaking balls have given him fits over the past two seasons. 191 batting average against last season. Uh, the thing is, he's catcher and outfield eligible, this guy. So likely to lose that catcher eligibility uh, after this season. But uh, with the changes to Rogers Center, uh, as a lefty hitter hitting most of his home runs to right field, we're going to have to see how it plays out because they're bringing some of the, the fences in and they're raising the wall. So we'll see what that happens, what happens there. But the last guy in this tier, Will Smith, uh, catcher for the Dodgers, second straight season with over 500 plate appearances. You know, right smack in his prime, uh, 27 years old, good power, uh, 33 home run, 162 game average, good plate discipline, doesn't chase pitches outside the strike zone, and had an 83.2% contact rate. League average is 76.6. Yeah, so I'll, I'll try to hit on all those guys pretty quick. Number one, JT Riomuto is the only five-category catcher, the only truly five-category catcher in batting average and OBP leagues. What's weird is that he's really done most of his stealing since he got past age 30, which is just really bizarre, particularly for a catcher, right? He had never stolen more than 12 bases before he turned 30. And then he's now got a 13 stolen base season and a 20 stolen base season. Uh, the the change in the bags might impact it a little bit, but also his team now has Trey Turner. So they might not need JT to steal quite so often. Hard, you know, hard to imagine exactly how many gets. I like the projections, though. They're all kind of giving him 15. You know, uh, yeah. and then for home for home runs, uh, he hasn't hit fewer than 17 home runs in a full season since 2016. So that's your I mean, that's the floor, right? 17 home runs. I've probably got him closer to 20, uh, you know, maybe 22, something like that. So he's just a guy. He does it all. So, again, only five category one. And he's one of the few catchers who plays enough to qualify for the batting title. So, I mean, that's a big deal. If you go year to year and see which catchers uh, are in the race for the batting title, it's never more than like four or five. Right, right. Like, there's just not that many that do it. JT Romuto stays very healthy. So, uh, really like him. That's why he's number one overall. He has best catcher in fantasy ceiling. And it's hard to imagine a floor where he finishes outside the top three. Right? Just hard to picture that for JT Romuto. Right. Dalton Varsho does have a lower floor, and that's because I just don't think the batting average is going to get a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. I know he's shown some flashes of having good plate discipline and all that stuff, but he just doesn't hit the ball that hard, right? Most of his contact isn't very good. He, of course, still had 27 home runs because when he hits it right, he hits it a long way, but he makes a lot of bad contact. I don't want to say he can't hit the ball hard, just that he makes a lot of contact that isn't good. He needs to be a little more selective there. Uh, you can probably tell that from, from some of his ratios, but he just he needs to pick better pitches because he attacks certain pitches that just don't make sense. He can't do anything with them. So he can make contact, and it just won't go anywhere. Not because he isn't strong, but because it's just hard to hit those pitches very far, right? Like mm -hmm. breaking balls. He, right. he, swing, <laughs> he tries to hit too many of them. So, uh, and that's the other thing in dynasty that the only, this only really matters for dynasty. He is likely to lose that catcher eligibility after this season. And that's going to change his value in dynasty considerably because as just an outfielder, he's what a, a poor man's Adolis Garcia who can't steal as much. Good comp. It, it, drops, yeah. it drops him quite a bit. So, you know, if, if you're looking in like, you know, mid season ish, June, July, you're definitely out of it. You've got Varsho. Uh, I think this is the time you could move him for the most value 
simply because someone's going to, you know, someone's going to value that catching eligibility more than you will, because mm-hmm. you'll want it next year. And Varsha's only got it for this season. Right. Of course, that changes in Yahoo. If he gets close to five starts, you only need five starts in Yahoo to get that eligibility, though. It's hard to imagine him getting any with Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk already on the roster. They just don't need him to catch. Right. So that's the thing for Varsho. And I just, I, I don't, I don't love the bat. Like, I don't think the batting average is ever going to be good. That's the mm-hmm. thing. So he's four categories instead of five. Right. Then that's with Will Smith, he's also, Will Smith is also four categories. He's actually tied for first in run scored, second in home run, second in RBI, sixth in OVP, eighth in batting average among the 60 catchers with at least 300 plate appearances since the start of 2021. In other words, as I mentioned in the article, he does everything except steal better than other catchers. He just, <laughs> he hits the ball. I mean, he just really hits the ball hard as long as you don't care about steals. And there's lots of formats where you don't, right? Either maybe you've already got steals because of your early draft picks. You know, you have a Trey Turner, you have a, you know, you have a Ronald Acuna, you have, you know, you have guys that already steal by the time you think about taking a catcher with Will Smith. This is probably, you know, there's, there's maybe two catchers who I think could hit 30 home runs. Uh, I don't quite have Varsho there. I don't think he has that kind of power. I think 27 is closer to that ceiling. There's only two of them, and one of them we're not going to talk about again for a long time, right? It's Will Smith and, like, Cal Raley. So Will Smith has that kind of power. The bat projection system, which, you know, one of the better ones out there, uh, they actually do suggest he can hit 30 home runs with the type of playing time he has. He's, you know, that actually the bat doesn't project any other catcher to hit 25 home runs, just Will Smith. So he's the premier power catcher that comes with good averages. Uh, he gets plenty of, you know, for all the talk of the Dodger offense being worse, the the Pakota projections that just came out still have the Dodgers as the best offense in baseball, right? This is still a deep offense, right? It's not the same, right? It's not the most overwhelmingly good offense out there. But I mean, the weakness to the Dodger lineups, the back part of it, that's true of basically every offense in baseball right now, nobody's deep through like seven, eight, nine anymore, right? Mm. Teams have just sort of reshifted a little bit. This is still one of the best offenses in baseball. And he's going to bat probably third for again, one of the best offenses in baseball. So I really like Will Smith. Uh, it's nice that he's the only one out there. I think still, I'm not sure you can draft the other Will Smith, the the reliever that used to just kill <laughs> every once in a while. You'd see a, a draft get screwed up because they took the wrong Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. They're just the one now. Yeah. He's on uh, the Astros now. No, I think he's on the Astros. Did he retire? Oh, is he? Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. know. It just doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> they found better ways to deal with that. It's not like Luis Garcia where there's like eight of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, with Will Smith, you know, again, just the. Well, maybe you're right. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, I thought he was with the Astros. I know he was traded there last year. Uh, maybe he's still a free agent. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's right. <laughs> that's not the important part of this, Joe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Will, Will Smith does it all except steal bases. So uh, especially if you've already got stolen bases wrapped up, uh, then you might even move Will Smith to your number two or maybe even number one catcher. Because if you mm. don't care about steals, Will Smith is your guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you, you mentioned the uh, Dodgers offense. You look at this lineup from top to bottom. It, it is kind of strange in a way, right? I mean, you, you just hope that right in the middle, they, they project J.D. Martinez to bat fifth, and you could have like a little bit of a rebound. Uh, then you have uh, Miguel Vargas batting ninth at second base. He's got some some power, some speed potential. But this is a very different-looking offense for the Dodgers. But, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see uh how uh they pan out this season um 
So you think that they're going to be like another 95 to 100 team uh, win winning season? You know, just curious. Yeah. I mean, they won 111. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of reasons to think that, right? They've still got, they've still got pretty deep pitching, right? Yeah. Even if guys like Tony uh, Tony Gonsolin take a step back, yep. right? They could get some step forwards from guys like Dustin May, Noah Syndergaard. They still got Clayton Kershaw and Julio Urias uh, right at the top of that rotation. And again, Will Smith's going to bat third. In front of him is Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, and right behind yeah. him is Max Muncy and any kind of rebound from J.D. Martinez, right? That's plenty yeah. of ways to get runs in RBI. That but, is a good top five, yes. Yeah, especially especially the top four, right, with Betts, Freeman, Smith, Muncy, especially mm-hmm. Muncy, as we talked about in our second and third base episodes with him being healthy again, that power yep. being there. That's yep. that's three or that's four guys who I think all have like 350 or better OBP just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Right, like right at the top of this lineup. So even just that part of it could really fill up uh, the stat sheet. So and Will Smith's right in probably the perfect part of it. You're telling yep. me one of Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman won't be on base every time Will Smith goes up? I mean, mm-hmm. that's just it's it's a really nice place to be. So it's a good offense. Will Smith bats third for them. It's it's something that again, if you don't care about steals, either your format doesn't value them very much or you've already got them. Will Smith, you could argue, could be your number one catcher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next here, Salvador Perez, Adley Rushman, and Alejandro Kirk. You know, you had mentioned uh, that some of the projection systems um, not really cho- uh, picking too many catches to hit 30 home runs. I think Perez has a really good shot. I mean, 20-plus home runs in, in six straight full seasons, uh, I know he missed five weeks last year, but uh, had 23 homers and 76 RBI in just 114 games. And I, I know that 48 homer season in 2021 is probably an outlier, but uh, did have a strong finish. And I think uh, I know he's going to be 33, but, you know, with uh, MJ Melendez probably, you know, sneaking in and catching some games, too. I mean, Prez is probably going to DH a little bit, right? I think he's got a good shot at 30 home runs. No. Yeah, I mean, again, there, there's plenty of projection systems that believe that that's true. I worry a little bit about the playing time uh, just because, you know, last year it was 114 games. He's coming into his age 33 season. There is a ton of tread on these tires yeah, as a catcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I mean, he was playing yet in 2014. He played 150 games, yeah. <laughs> right? He had he had a bunch of seasons in a row where he just caught more than everybody. I, I have to imagine that stuff on the body. If he plays a uh, 120 games, he could. But let's remember that he only has one season with 30 home runs. Hmm. Right? He's gotten close before, but he's only got the one. 2021 is the only time he actually hit more than 30 home runs. His, his high beyond that was 27. He did that in 2017 and 2018. Uh, but you know, last year it was only it was only 23. He did deal with those injuries. He could hit 30 home runs. Um, you know, I, I guess you could say then there's three with a decent chance, but yeah. I, I do find Will Smith to be a better bet. Uh, and Cal Rayleigh, assuming he gets playing time is more just pure power. It wouldn't come with a nice batting average though. So that is one yeah. thing that, that Sal can do that yeah. others can't, he won't get a good, I mean, his OBP will be trash. Uh, it's, you know, his career OBP is three Oh one. And that's, that's it, right? He has right. a lot of seasons under 300 mm-hmm, <laughs> OBP. Mm-hmm. Cause he just doesn't walk. He, he prefers to swing, which is fine. But he can, you know, he can rack up RBIs as good as any catcher. You should really think of 80 RBI at catcher, sort of like 95 to 100 
for mm-hmm. other positions when you're trying to understand what's a lot of RB. 80 is a lot for a catcher. I do think he can get that. Uh, but Sal, you know, again, it's, it's a bit of injury risk, although that's not as big of a deal at catcher. It's more of a, it's more of a big deal when you're trying to predict how many home runs he can hit. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah. He, like I said, he played only 114 games, but there is an explanation for it. Obviously, you know, he had a, a thumb injury that required surgery. So, but you're right at 33 years old, you know, catcher's body just takes a lot of wear and tear. So, but I just think that uh, Melendez there is going to help to uh, keep Perez's uh, bat in the lineup at DH, but we'll see. But what do you think about Rushman? We talked about him in a previous oh, I, episode. Uh, I, I love Adley Rushman. Yeah. Uh, I love Adley Rushman. You know, if you if you go to my ranks on pitcher list, this is one of the first charts I really started sharing with people. This guy can make contact. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he is able to put his bat on just about every ball. I think we saw him get a little better about choosing when to hit. In the second half last season, he hit 275, 399, 462, 16.7% walk rate, 18.1% strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. Right? That's you know, the, the other crazy stat, he had 45 runs scored in that stretch on a Baltimore offense. It's improving because he hits near the top of it. That 45 runs scored in the second half is as many as Michael Harris and more than Boba Chet. Hmm. That's how many runs scored this guy put up. I think this Baltimore offense is getting a bit better. I think Adley Rutschman is going to be a big reason for that. I really like him in OBP. I'm not saying he can be a 400 OBP guy, but if I had to project what catchers could do that or what catchers might put up that even walk to strikeout rate. There's not many. There's really him and like a guy we'll talk about in a second, uh, you know, Alejandro Kirk, but Alejandro yep. Kirk does it in a very different way. Mm-hmm. He's not likely to be more than 10 or 11% for both. Whereas Rutschman, he really could be 15% walk rate, 15% strikeout rate. I mean, yeah. no one's going to project him for that, but if that's how he gets pitched, that's what he'll do. Mm. Adley Rutsch, it just fantastic bat to ball ability. He's not like a 30 home run hitter or anything like that, but the hit tool is just elite, particularly at this position. I'm not sure there are any catchers who I think have a better hit tool than Alejandro or sorry, than Adley Rutschman. I I don't think in a 130, 140 game season, which is very much something I think the, the Orioles want to do for him. uh, I, I think he could be a, you know, I think the lowest projection out there is sort of probably like 14 or 15, but he could definitely get to 20. That's yep. very realistic. Uh, even though it's a little harder for right-handers to hit home runs in, in that park now. I mean, even if you only get the, the slash line he had for the full season where he spent the beginning part of it really going through some growing pains, mm-hmm. uh, you, you get what? 254, 362, 445? That's fantastic. Yep. He had like 70 runs scored. In 113 games at catcher, right? The RBI total will be a little bit lower, unlike some of these other catchers that bat third or fourth, because I think Adley's going to bat second, which yep. just limits your ability to get some RBIs. But he's just an elite talent. He's my number one dynasty catcher, mm-hmm. uh, no doubt about it for me. He doesn't steal bases, but who cares? I mean, what I love about him is what you mentioned, that you know he had a really, he got better as the season wore on. So, I mean, really started off first 45 games, 215 batting average, 709 OPS. Then those uh, last 68 games, like you mentioned, 279 batting average, 867 OPS, but 16.4% walk rate and a 17.8% K rate in those last 68 games. Uh, such discipline for a young player. You don't see that often. But the, I mean, one thing. Recognizes uh, those pitches so well. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I will, you know, uh, negative on last season was only batted 174 against lefties. They're not going to platoon him. 
<laughs> but the, you know, it was a significant amount of at bats, ninety-eight. Well, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, that that'll change. But two eighty against righties, one seventy-four against lefties. So, I mean, no one's perfect, right? But uh, you mentioned yeah. that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, and he's a switch hitter as mm-hmm. well. So, uh, obviously, you know, th- there's some. This team has dealt with switch hitters before, right? Uh, I, yeah, I think so. I yeah. I don't think they'll abandon it the way they did. With I named Mullins. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're also talking about, again, I think you you were smart to point this out. It is a much smaller sample. It's 98. We know that splits data can be really fluky from year to year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to really project that, especially for a switch hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's because they're just so, especially for catchers. Catchers are sort of like tight ends. I've already compared them to, to kickers, but they're actually more like tight ends. And and part of that is because of the learning curve they have when they get to the major leagues. It's not, you know, like what wide receivers just have to learn routes, right? They got to get their routes down. They got to learn how to beat some of the bigger corners in the NFL. Whereas with catchers, they're not just learning to hit at the major league level. They're learning to catch their major league pitchers who they've mm-hmm. never worked with. So uh, I, I think that's one of the reasons we really see him grow in the second half. Uh, and I think it's a reason we can expect, again, prospect growth isn't linear. We can't expect them to just get better and better and better. But there's a lot of things to suggest that the floor for Adley Rutschman is very, very high. Yep, yep. Why don't we take a quick break? You uh, uh, kind of, there's another uh, catcher that we want to talk about that you said has some really good plate discipline. We're going to finish off this tier right after this. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part, you decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. All right, we're back. Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast, Joe Galina and Scott Chu. Uh, Scott, the last catcher in your second tier is Alejandro Kirk from the Blue Jays. 
good plate discipline, like you mentioned, more walks than strikeouts. <laughs> Last season, 63 walks, 58 strikeouts. Uh, got off to a fast start and then uh, kind of finished, uh, lost uh, some momentum, 241 with two home runs in his final 49 games of the season. 48% career ground ball rate. I think that's going to obviously limit his his home run uh, production overall. I don't, I don't see him as a, you know, a 25, 30 guy, a home run kind of guy, but uh, above average contact rate, like you mentioned, uh, it's going to keep that batting average high. Yeah. And batting average is something I feel very comfortable with, with Alejandro Kirk. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. He's going to be able to slap balls, put them in play. He doesn't, obviously he doesn't steal, but he's got very much like a Luis Arias, Jeff McNeil sort of feel on that end. Mm-hmm, uh, just mm-hmm. a lot of balls in play. He takes his walks. He doesn't strike out in points leagues. I probably bump him up just a little bit. Um, I don't know how high simply because this tier is already pretty loaded. Um, but you'd at least, you know, increase the gap between Kirk and the catchers that are behind him in these rankings in a points league, simply because he he's perfect for those leagues, the way he slaps the ball around it's power that I'm worried about. I, I talk about this in the article. Uh, first things first, he sort of got this reverse, you know, we talked about Adley Rutschman before the break and how he started slow and then really heated up. Kirk is the opposite right? He has this huge power spike, unbelievable power spike uh, to start out the season. You can see it in our rolling charts. It's way above 90th percentile. uh, This spike, it's, it's amazing how much power he brought to the table. And then it just fell off, right? To where he goes from significantly above 90th percent percentile uh, in his rolling 75 batted ball events to about 50 or 60 batted balls later that rolling average dropped to 25th percentile and it stayed there for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and actually, unfortunately that's a little closer to what he had done in samples in the past, right? This is not a guy who necessarily projected for big power. Now there's a couple reasons you could try to explain this. Number one, the contact ability was always there. It's always, you know, 75th percentile or better, including in our PLV stats. He's excellent at making contact. So that didn't go away. It's not as though the power went away because he couldn't hit stuff. He still hit stuff. The problem, it's one of two things. Number one uh, is that it's like a total fluke, right? That he just hit this groove, uh, sort of like a Yuli Gurriel kind of thing, and just found this half of a season where he could rake. And then it all went away, and he went back to the player that he was. Mm. The And I, I hate comparing him to Yuli Gurriel because, unfortunately, this is exactly what that looked like. <laughs> mm. uh, and he has a similar plate discipline sort of profile as Yuli Gurriel. So, uh, hopefully that you know, comp isn't the right one. I also saw that you know I mentioned his last forty nine games, two forty one batting average with two home runs, and, and if you look at his average exit velocity, he lost three miles per hour off of that. So you wonder maybe there was some kind of underlying injury or something. Why would you lose that much off your average uh, exit velocity? That's kind of yeah. strange. I wondered the same thing. I didn't find anything based on injury, right? I mean, there's a little bit out there to suggest that, although that, I mean, that's a huge drop off. Yeah. The other was actually a guy named Chris black from Sportsnet out in Canada. He has this really cool Twitter thread that I linked to in the article. And what he talks about is that pitchers started really jamming him on the inner half of the plate, Hmm. right? Uh, His pull rate totally drops. He goes from 37% pull rate with 53% on inside pitches. It goes down to 25% pull rate, 37% on inside pitches. We know that power comes to the pull field, not the push field, not up the middle, Mm -hmm. right? We know that pull fly balls are the peak of power. 
he just stops being able to pull the ball. Uh, he starts slapping the ball all over the field, which again, great for batting average, but not power. He's got to find that pulled fly ball ability. He's got to be able to handle inside pitches. It's a great Twitter thread by, by Chris Black. I recommend you check it out because this was actually something they did against like every good Blue Jay hitter. But mm-hmm. Kirk really struggled to adjust against that. And that's one way to, I mean, getting jammed a whole bunch is a good way to lose three miles an hour off that bad ball velocity. Because sure. again, if all you're doing is slapping that ball to the opposite way, it's not hard. You'll still get a good batting average out of it, right? Plunking that thing over the shortstop and third baseman or uh, for, you know, or whatever, right? Just getting it right over the infielders. He's a righty, so it was probably just, you know, pop it over the first and second baseman. Um, he's more slapping the ball everywhere, but that's not that's not a way to be a power hitter. So you may want to adjust. I mean, I think a lot of the projections are, are giving him this about the same or more number of home runs that he had last season. I think that's a little bit scary. Yeah. Right? Because Especially also it, that he hits so many ground balls, too. Not only, yeah. you know, that he gets jammed, but... But, and so what I would say is I'm not saying he can't hit this 15 to 16 home runs, but I would look at these projections as quite rosy, right? These aren't 50th percentile projections in terms of home run for me. These are more like 60, 70 percentile projections. That means you really don't want to go above what they're doing. Like steamer gives him 18 home runs in 116 games. Man, that, that to me looks more like a power ceiling for Mm. Alejandro Kirk, unless we see that return to some pulled fly balls. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what's got to happen. The dimensions don't matter. Right. Because the way that Kirk hits the dimensions of the stadium don't really matter because he's not getting close to the walls most of the right. time. Right? right. These are slaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are Yuli Gurriel, Luis Arias, Jeff McNeil sort of slaps. Right. And he's only he's got to he's got to either find a way to fight off these inside pitches to the point where pitchers stop giving them to him or he needs to learn how to lay off those. And when they don't give him something inside, he's got to be able to pull that ball and get it out of here. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead of just constantly doing this inside out hitting, which again, very effective for batting average and probably what he's been trained to do his entire life, but it is not how he'll get the power back. So there's also a question of, do they want him to change it that much? Right. He still hit 285 for God's sake. Right. 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 Like this was still a 129 uh, WRC plus. He was a 3.8 war player at catcher in 139 games. Uh, he's going to get plenty of plate appearances, which I love. I mean, he's a decent bet for 500 because they it's not he's not just a catcher. He's worth DHing, uh, mm-hmm. especially with the high batting average. Him and Danny Jansen and Danny Jansen had a nice spike last year, too, but he might not be that good. He's not been that good really before. So we may see even more pressure to get Alejandro, keep Alejandro Kirk in that lineup. So I, I like Kirk. I just there was a lot of heat coming in, especially early offseason of this is your sleeper catcher. This is a guy. I rank him pretty high, but it's very hard for me to rank him. Like, I just don't see a path to top five without that power. Right, right. Okay. Good analysis uh, on your part. Uh, and uh, be looking for those tweets uh, from Chris Black because I uh, was just trying to figure out, yeah, how does this guy lose three miles per hour on his average exit velocity? But uh, good explanation. Um, so uh, let's move on to the next tier. And uh, we've got the Contreras brothers in this in this tier. Uh, Wilson Contreras, MJ Melendez, William Contreras, and Sean Murphy. Um, so, yeah, first time in a long time that there's a new catcher in St. Louis for the Cardinals. You know, I did notice he hasn't had uh, good success at Bush Stadium. Uh, obviously, it also has to do with the quality of pitching on the Cardinals staff, but... Uh, 
um, you know, uh, let's see, batted 265 against the Cards when he faced them at Wrigley. But when he faced the Cards when he was a Cub and played in St. Louis, he only batted 228 uh, with a 378 slug. So I just thought I'd just bring that up there. But uh, last season missed some time due to hamstring and ankle injuries, but still managed a three straight 20 home run uh, seasons. That's a non-COVID abbreviated seasons, right? Um, he has a 26 homer, 81 RBI, 162 game average. And no no uh, young chicken here, 31 years old, but I think he's still got some good years ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, he's one of these guys. You know, I'll actually start with the weird part, which is I think he can get a couple more steals, mm. right? These these rule changes going, you know, going to St. Louis. I think he could steal maybe like he's had, he had four in 2022 he had five in 2021 i could see six or seven right he's yeah. got a little he's still got a little bit of uh, hitching his giddy up there he can still get there uh there in his age 31 yeah. season mm-hmm. uh he, he still got it but you know he as you mentioned he did miss some time last year still managed 22 home runs still mm-hmm. you know almost 500 plate appearances that's what you're looking for uh in catcher he's going to a team that is very willing to play one guy every single day Right. I mean, they Mm -hmm. did it for Yachty till he was much older than Wilson Contreras. Now goes to a team that's, I think, very familiar with him. Uh, I think they've always known how to pitch him. The one thing that's weird here, and this was actually something I talked about with uh, we she didn't know she was talking to me about it. But Sarah Sanchez, Mm -hmm. who's a you know, she really follows the Cubs closely. She's an excellent analyst. One thing she mentioned about the human element of the game is his entire professional career has been with the Cubs. Wilson Contreras has always been with the Cubs. He's been with the Cubs for, you know, darn near a decade right i mean he's he started his minor league actually sorry more than a decade he started his minor league career at the age of 17 in 2009 as Mm. part of the cubs right so he's going 2009 through 2022 like there are fantasy players who were who've been born after this time right they're young but they've been born after this time and you know he's He's going to a brand new environment. Luckily, I mean, he is an old pro. He's been in Bush Stadium more times than any of us, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's been there a lot uh, as part of the Cubs. He should at least be a little bit comfortable, but he is going to an entirely new environment. And that that could be something to think about. However, his dependability at the plate uh, for, for Wilson Contreras is just really hard to ignore. The batting average isn't quite as good as it used to be, mm-hmm. but it's something where it's good enough for catcher, right? 240, 250, that sounds about right. Uh, that's something I think he can still do. And, you know, 20 home runs. He's got 20 home runs in each of his last three full seasons, as you mentioned, without the COVID year. Uh, mm-hmm. He also had it in 2017. He has that one power outage in 2018, and that's it. You really like, you know, 20 home runs. You really like the counting stats, right? Probably somewhere like 130, 140 combined runs in RBI. That's excellent at catcher, right? If you can get more than 120 combined, you're looking pretty good. Again, four catcher. Uh, he he kind of can do it all. He's an excellent catcher in the sense that you don't pay up for him, right? He's not anyone's sleeper coming into this season. He's right. really done well with, you know, strikeout rate really spiked last season. Uh, we saw it up at 28%, made it, the, the adjustment we saw is not a fluke. Uh, If you look at the rolling chart on his strikeout rate, I've got it in the article. There's this big spike that happens in 2021, 2022, his biggest spike barely puts him over 25% for a rolling 30 game average. Mm -hmm. So he's got that back under control. So he's excellent in points leagues. I'm not worried about that strikeout rate one bit. It's a one year anomaly. So 
And it's also what hurt his batting average, right? He was down at 237 last season, up to 243 this year. And I think that's, you know, that's still probably closer to the low side for him. So I really like what he brings to the table. Wilson Contreras, just one of these safe catchers. No one's going to be like, oh, nice pick, Wilson Contreras. But it's really safe. It's a guy you'll, especially if you like to set it and forget it catcher. This is one of the, one of the great set it and forget it catchers. You're just yeah, not going to have to think about it. And I we're agree. starting yeah. to run out of those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next guy, MJ Melendez uh, for the Royals catcher and outfield eligible. Uh, we briefly mentioned him earlier when we talked about Salvador Perez. Uh, we even spoke about him a, a few episodes ago, uh, second year players, right? Uh, power bat, but looks like could be a potential drain on your fantasy team's batting average uh, on a positive note, batted 217, but expected batting average was 237. Uh, another guy with some uh, righty-lefty splits that we should talk about, uh, batted 193 with a 664 OPS against right-handed pitchers, and that's 348 at-bats, so that's a significant amount of at-bats. Uh, against lefties, batted 295 with an 839 OPS. Yeah, that he did. You know, one thing about him uh, that's fairly unique for catcher is he leads off, which on one hand makes the batting average actually was, I I can't believe we didn't talk about it much. I just recorded and it's out today, uh, the episode for on the wire uh, with Adam Howe, Kevin Hastings. And we talked about players who have a bigger impact on your batting average because of the number of plate appearances and volume. Unlike other catchers, Melendez really is going to rack up plate appearances at the top of this lineup. So that negative batting average could hurt you a little bit more than others, but also, especially in like head-to-head kind of formats like points or in head-to-head categories, I just don't care that much. Uh, The splits don't trouble me quite yet. I think it's something worth knowing. But again, with these young players, it's hard to know how that's going to work going forward the biggest thing you're getting from and you know his batting average was better in 2021 in the minors right Mm. so uh, i think the righty lefty problem wasn't that as pronounced in minor league uh action so just to throw that out there yeah so Mm -hmm. he could adjust to that i I like Mm -hmm. him for 20 home runs i like him for you know five or so steals on a team that's always just historically been very aggressive on the base paths I, i think melendez is a guy who he's gonna get tons of playing time he's never gonna start in your outfield like, just get that. There's no format where MJ Melendez needs to be in your outfield. Uh, if if he was only outfield eligible, he'd be barely draftable, right? Because this profile is just Lane Thomas, but plays less, you know? <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, I, think, I think MJ Melendez is a guy who can hit 20 home runs, mm-hmm. right? Maybe even a little more. He had 18 last season. He could find a couple more. He has decent. Uh, I, I think he'll have much more in the, in the run scored area. I think he could definitely... 80 would be a little bit of a stretch, but he could get there. The, I mean, Bobby Wick got a bunch of them last year, right? Mm. Uh, and he, he'll be batting in front of him. So I think he could get those 80 runs scored at the top of a lineup for a full season. The RBI count is probably not going to get better. In fact, it might even go down because leadoff hitters just don't get RBI. But MJ Melendez, just a guy who I think can put up stats with pure volume, even if the batting average is no good. We're starting to get to the point where you have to sort of sacrifice one or two things. He could steal five bases, but you give up batting average. Uh, you know, 220, 230, I think is sort of the realistic sort of midpoint projection. I think some places look at it a little bit higher, and that'd be cool. I just am not sure that's actually in the works for MJ Melendez. But the plate discipline's fine, right? The OBP is actually better because he does walk. 
Uh, he, he'll probably walk more than 10% of the time for So Melendez in an OBP league. I'm not saying you should necessarily bump him up your rankings, but you can definitely keep him where he is for sure. He's just not, he's not going to hurt you in OBP like you will with batting average because that OBP should sit around 315, 320, 325, depending on how everything shakes out. If he can bring that strikeout rate down a little, we'll see. But he's, he's a good offensive catcher with volume and it's mm. volume, volume, volume. Yep. So volume matters. Uh, he's, he's ranked eighth. I don't, you know, I don't see a path to top five value from Jay Melendez. He's not like a sleeper who could really explode, but it's also hard to see him falling out of this top, you know, 10 or 12 or so. Uh, he's, he's not someone you'll need to platoon. Uh, he's not someone who's going to sit. It's hard to see him falling out of that just with the pure volume. And then he's got enough skill with the bat. Right. Yeah. And you talked about volume, you know, that he's going to be leading off and all. And, uh, you know, with Perez there, he's not going to be catching every day. But like I said, uh, outfield eligible, played a lot of outfield last season as well. So I think you're right. You're going to see his bat in the lineup every day. So uh, but uh, question. So uh, if the Contreras family uh, at, you know, had a family reunion and they had a softball game, who would play catcher? Would it be William or, or Wilson? Uh, so next guy we're going to talk about is uh, Brewers catcher William Contreras. Uh, good power numbers for a guy who has a tendency of hitting a ton of ground balls. Uh, 2022 season, 53% ground ball rate. Um, uh, still managed to hit 20 home runs, 45 RBI. Good batting average, 278. Uh, not loving his uh, you know plate discipline, 28% K rate. Uh, and uh, sure that that contributed a little bit to his 243 uh, expected batting average. So um, I don't know. Is he the kind of guy like a, a Javi Baez where his plate discipline might catch up to him? I mean, he had a 42.5% whiff rate on breaking balls, 39.4% on off-speed stuff. I mean, I love the, the new ballpark, the hitter's park, but just a little uh, wary about the swings and misses. Yeah, and I don't think those are going away. This is this is a player. I mean, if you look at the rolling charts, which you know I did, uh, his <laughs> his walk rate quite stable around ten percent, so that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. It makes this plate discipline playable, particularly in real life for a catcher. But in fantasy, we did see that strikeout rate get worse as the season went on. We also know using our PLV stats that this is not a guy who makes good decisions. Right at no point last season was his decision value in two strike counts average. He got close. Uh, but, you know, we saw some dips. We also saw that his contact ability is below average. Uh, at times, it's considerably below average, right? His his season average for contact ability was just a bit lower than 25th percentile. So mm-hmm. three out of four hitters have better contact ability than Wilson Contreras. Sorry, William Contreras. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strikeout rate is just going to be a problem. Again, the OBP is not a problem. And I'm stunned. I mean, the batting average was really good last season. I mm-hmm. think part of it was just a, I wonder if it was a BABIP correction, right? I mean, I, I hate to just throw that out there because I always feel so lazy, but 265 in his first 52 games, BABIP, and then 344 for the remaining 97. We've got more than a full season out of him. And I think it gives you a, a decent idea of at least what the plate discipline and power looks like, right? In 153 career games, he has 28 home runs and a 28% strikeout rate. That sounds about right. Uh, if you were to play that long right now, the reason we don't project him for anything close to that this season, probably project him closer to 20 is because he's a catcher. So he's not going to play 150 games. He's more, we're starting to get to the point where we're seeing the catchers who are going to play, you know, 120 games is sort of a ceiling. 
them. Mm-hmm. That's why Melendez is ranked right above him. Cause I think 120 is almost a floor for a healthy Melendez. Whereas it's closer to a ceiling for a healthy William Contreras. So that volume matters. Batting average should be okay, especially at catcher, maybe 230, 240, something like that. The power very real. And he's going to bat fourth. Uh, according to roster resource right now, I'm wondering how long that'll stick around, especially if the strikeout rate uh, really starts to plague him more. Or if we see rebound from a guy like Jesse Winker, who could move in front of him. Uh, mm. If we see Garrett Mitchell get a bit of a breakout, William Contreras is sitting at fourth right now uh, in that, in that lineup, but I could see him dropping, especially, you know, again, uh, Luis Urias could really move up. I, I like him as a hitter. And I think that he's got a, a bit more ability as a hitter. He's currently their third baseman. We could see William Contreras fall a bit. We know that he'll platoon at at least a little bit uh, with Victor uh, Caratini, who's a decent defensive catcher. Guy can't hit worth a lick, but it doesn't matter because he's a catcher. Uh, So we've got, We've got a catcher who, again, hits in the heart of a lineup, and that's good. And the top of this lineup is fine. Yelich, Adamas, Telez, Contreras, uh, Winker, and Urias behind him. That's a good place to be. It's a good catcher. You're not going to need to stream at all, uh, and there's no reason to suggest that he's not healthy. But, you know, that that 265 batting average, uh, or sorry, 278 batting average that he had last season, that's really hard to imagine happening again. Uh, his, his supporting cast is a little worse than he had in Atlanta. Mm. and for William Contreras, I mean, I I think you're hoping you get what you got last season. And right, I think that's I think a reasonable thing to, mm-hmm. with, with less batting average. If you can get what you got last season with less batting average, I think you should feel good. And that's a good catcher, mm-hmm. uh, especially with more playing time. I do think he'll play more than he did last season, uh, which was only 97 games. Uh, so, you know, the 20 home runs, a, a few more counting stats uh, because he's going to play more. So like 120 combined runs in RBI, probably split down the middle. The plate discipline will be fine. I mean, for a catcher, right? Because he walks enough LVP leagues, it'll, it's pretty neutral. I think batting average leagues, it's a little worse than that, but again, there's a decent player here, Uh, but you know, we've, we've, we're only, you know, we're, we're, we've been recording for a while and we're only in the top 10 and that's because we're going to have, we're going to stop being able to talk about guys here pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) We got a good one that uh, we're going to take a quick break now, but we got a really good one that we're going to talk about right after this. What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Play in game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. NBA 2K Mobile lets you put together your dream team with your favorite NBA legends and current GOATs. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Fads come and go and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow, and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. 
That's noom.com to sign up for your trial today. And we're back. Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. Joe Galina and Scott Jew breaking down the catcher position. Um, yeah, you never answered my question. Who would be the starting catcher in the Contreras family? Would it be Wilson or uh, William? Oh, it's got to be Wilson, right? Mm. I mean, I, I just, everything that Will, William Contreras has more raw power. Mm. But when it comes to what the final stat lines are look like, it's hard to imagine William beating Wilson in any category, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think they could be close. And again, the home run potential is higher. Right, mm-hmm. same number of games played. I think it's really close, but I don't think it'll be the same number of games played. I think Wilson's going to play more and play more at, with okay power. Right? right, they'll both get to twenty home runs. The slugging won't be the same, but overall, I think the final stats will look very similar. Yeah, but Wilson always said that William was his mother's favorite. So I don't know. No, but but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but anyway. So the, the last uh, catcher in this tier of yours, uh, Sean Murphy, got traded to the Braves, got away from the Oakland Mausoleum, and uh, a lot of people excited. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, having him uh, uh, as my fantasy catcher in some of my teams this year. Uh, home away splits last season: two twenty six, seven oh two. At home in the mausoleum, away 272 with an 812 OPS. Still in his prime, uh, 23 homers, 72 RBI, 162 game average. So uh, was able to, you know, still put up some pretty impressive career numbers, uh, even while playing his home games in Oakland. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what are we thinking? What kind of a bump are we looking at for uh, Sean Murphy? So John Murphy is a premier defensive catcher. That means playing time. That's how Mm -hmm. you should understand catcher defensive stats. They actually defensive stats matter quite a bit for catchers because it, it can dictate how much they play. We mentioned this a little bit earlier. Sean Murphy played 148 games last season. He's had injury issues a little bit throughout his career. So it's hard to, you know, projection systems are putting him at that number. And if, if he plays that many, if you told me that you went to the future, you came back, you'll tell me one thing about Sean Murphy and said he played 140 games. He might, he might be at the top of this tier, right? Uh, simply because that's that's a lot of games to play for a very good offense. So uh, I, this tier is really tightly packed, right? The Contreras brothers, MJ Melendez, Sean Murphy. It's this last chunk of really safe catchers that you feel really good about. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's healthy, he does play a whole bunch of games. He hits probably close to 20 home runs. His career high right now is 18. That was in Oakland. Atlanta's a better place to hit. Uh, Oakland is a place where hitters go to die. Giant foul territory. Uh, Huge, I mean, huge ballpark. It's a horrible place to hit. Uh, He still managed to hit 250 last season as well. That's better than we've ever seen before. A lot of that comes from the improved strikeout rate. Mm -hmm. So if you believe that's what he is, and there's no reason not to, uh, he, he's still fairly young. He's going into his age 28 season. This is a 20 home run guy, plenty of counting stats. He could be a, a neutral sort of batting average guy at about 250. He could be a, a bit of a plus mm-hmm. in OBP. He's got a couple seasons now. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of them are very short seasons, but we've seen him have these OBPs of 330 or better uh, in the past. He could definitely do that again. <clears throat> I think he's someone who I feel really good about. I, I kind of, in a lot of single catcher leagues, I sort of want whoever I get from this tier. Like the, I just want the last one, right? Whichever one's the last one available. I want that. 
right? Mm-hmm. Now there's reasons I'll select guys ahead of this because the value is really good. But if everyone's kind of taken a little earlier than I want, I'm just going to be thinking to myself, I want the last catcher from this tier because they're all quite good. They're all plug in plays. You never think about it again. You're never going to carry anyone in a single catcher league needs to know this right now, unless it's draft and hold or giant rosters, you are never keeping a bench catcher. That's ne- never, never, ever. Right. And, and the, the two catchers that are outfield eligible uh, should just be your catcher. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you're not going to take two of them. There's just no, because you would have needed to draft them much earlier because of their catcher eligibility. There's, this is the one position where eligibility matters a ton for where you're drafted, right? We already talked about how Varsho falls, uh, but of course that doesn't matter. That that doesn't matter about Sean Murphy, but Sean Murphy, I want the last catcher in this tier. It might be Sean Murphy. It might not be, but if it is, I'm going to feel really good. Uh, Sean Murphy right now projected to bat fifth. And we've, we see, we saw them do this with Travis Darno, mm-hmm. right? There's no, it, I'm not entirely, you know, at, at first I thought they might platoon, Murphy at catcher, but now I'm starting to think that he might DH because right now the DH they've got penciled in is Marcelo Zuna and he's no good. Right. He, he's he's not he's not just I mean he's just he's no good in a lot of ways. You can take yes. that however you yeah, want to take know. that. Yes. He's no good. But uh he's also you know he's 32. They've they've got him on the roster, so they're gonna play him, I guess, but he shouldn't be in the outfield. Mm-hmm. Uh he he doesn't need to DH all the time. So I do expect Darno to take some of those. He might catch just a little bit too when Sean Murphy does need an off day. Signed a long contract. So I think the Atlanta does want to keep him preserved just a little. He didn't need that many off days. You know, probably he'll probably get less than, you know, maybe one a week, maybe less. So again, Murphy, very good. If the more, the reason I'm talking about him so much and kind of rambling is because part of me wants to move him up in these rankings. The more I think about it, I was a little surprised Uh, you had him as, as low as you did. But, yeah, but again, uh, this 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 tier's so tight. Mm-hmm. I mean, just so so tight. I, I kind of almost accept any shuffle up except mm-hmm. for the two Contreras brothers. Like I almost put Wilson Contreras in his own tier because I do like him better than the rest of the catchers in this tier. But if you shuffled up the rest of it, I'd always just kind of be like, okay, yeah, sure, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, get the last one from this tier if you can. But if you can't, I mean, Sean Murphy, if you want to move him up a little bit, especially in OVP leagues, I think you should. Yeah. You have him as your 10th ranked, right? And uh, so does NFBC in terms yeah. of ADP. But, so- and let's, let's be clear. The, the the tier break we're hitting right now, I know you're about to lead into tier four. <laughs> this tier break is massive. It's massive, especially in single catcher leagues. Mm-hmm. This This is the line of either you're streaming or you're not. You get one of the first 10 catchers, you're not streaming. You don't, you should be ready for it. Yeah. I think you were talking so much about Sean Murphy because you don't want to talk about this tier <laughs> because it starts to kind of, you know, jumping off the cliff a little bit. But uh, you I got one thing to say just about, <laughs> about almost every catcher left. That's it. <laughs> so we've got catchers number 11 through 15, Cal Raleigh. Uh, from the Mariners, Tyler Stevenson uh, for the Reds, Travis Darno. You you talked about him briefly from the Braves, uh, Kyber Ruiz from the uh, Nationals, and Danny Jansen, who we alluded to real quick uh, from the Blue Jays. So uh, Cal Raleigh, a uh, lot, a lot of power, but kind of reminds me a little bit of Mike Zanino with that batting average, right? You know, uh, he batted two eleven last season. Uh, but 27 home runs, 63 RBI in 119 games. So I look at his minor league career and in four seasons had a 275 batting average. So it gives me a little bit of hope. 
but uh, you know, 29.4% K rate, uh, much better on the road, by the way. Uh, away, 244 batting average with a 961 OPS at home, 180 with a 180 batting average with a 600 uh, OPS. Uh, got a little better as the season wore on, but what do you have to say about Cal Riley? What's the one thing you have to say about him? This is actually probably my, if you want to say that I have a catching sleeper, it's it's Cal, right? It's the big him. dumper. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had 27 home runs last season. I think he can do it again. The interesting thing to me, uh, and again, this doesn't necessarily mean he's entirely changed, but if you look at our PLV numbers, he got really good at a lot of things towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. His decision value around the 10th percentile for his first, th- uh, his rolling 200 pitches, two strike counts. After about 350, huge spike up. He ends the season close to the 90th percentile in decision value, that rolling decision value. So huge jump there. What does it come from in two strike counts? Strike zone judgment. It all came from when to swing and when not to swing. Pitchers likely started attacking him outside the zone more because they knew that he loved to swing and he got used to it quick, right? So he he ends in the 90th. He starts the season around the 10th to 25th percentile in rolling strike zone judgment, which is simply did did you if you didn't swing was it a ball if you did string swing when it was a strike he gets to the 90th percentile by the end of the year it's a straight shot up starting again at about 350 pitches something happens about mm. 350 pitches into the season that he's like oh is this how i do it is this mm. how i how i play baseball at this level it went Light the up above the head yeah and we yeah. we never saw the power so the power was 75th percentile or better the entire season and towards the end as he starts making better decisions guess what he goes from a bit like considerably above 90th percentile to elite level above 90th percentile, mm-hmm. right? Way above his season average is probably somewhere in like the 95th percentile, 96th percentile ends the season, probably even higher 98th, 99th percentile. Uh, our power metric is about expected bases added per batted ball event. So when he hits the ball, he hits it really, really hard, really like him. Uh, this is the last guy I'm going to talk a lot about because that's my sleeper. If I don't get mm-hmm. someone from the top 10, this is the one I want. Yes, I see the batting average could be bad. I think it could be better, though, simply mm. because he's starting. he started to make much better decisions at the plate towards the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. First 25 games, 38.5% K rate with a 129 batting average. Uh, then those last 94 games, um, 27.3% K rate. Still high, but a you know, significant drop. And a 230 batting average. Uh, with a 137 WRC plus. So yeah, definitely some uh, improvement as the season wore on, but uh, a lot of power. So uh, like you mentioned at the start of the podcast, one of the only uh, catchers that could hit 30 home runs a season. Next guy, we'll talk about Tyler Stevenson for the Reds. Very good hit tool, just needs to stay healthy. I mean, if healthy, I think he's a 15 homer, 275 average kind of guy. Yeah, he'll probably be drafted in every league. Uh, you need to be ready to stream if you have him because he could be hurt. If he's healthy, he should be fine. Um, if if you told me he played a full season, he'd be in the tier above this. Uh, but there's no way you'd ever tell me that's going to happen uh, mm-hmm. because you just you can't possibly believe that right now. Injuries have just been a big deal. So he's got top 10 catcher upside, but the injuries are a problem. Yeah, yeah. Travis Dorno, uh, we spoke about him real quick uh, few minutes ago i mean i think a lot of fantasy baseball managers are going to overlook him and i can't really blame him but you know when i looked at his numbers from last season weren't terrible uh 18 home runs 60 rbi with a 268 batting average in 107 games uh the uh projection models only have him to play you know uh, 95 to 100 
two games or so, um, 15 home runs, decent batting average. The question is, how many at-bats is he going to get, right? Yeah, he's not going to be batting fourth anymore, fifth, right? Mm -hmm. So that was really the story. He's batted fourth or fifth for Atlanta pretty much ever since he got there. Uh, And that's not the case anymore. He's probably going to be closer to the bottom of that lineup. He's going to be really sort of a backup player. It's hard to project more than 90 to 100 games. That's true for a lot of the catchers coming up. Look, he's decent. He's not a sleeper. He's not going to do anything great, but he won't hurt you uh, in the ratios like a lot of other catchers will. He doesn't have a good OBP, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, no, very few catchers do at this point. And he's he's going to hit double digit home runs. So he's fine in two catcher leagues. I mean, he's he's a good he's a very good second catcher, single catcher leagues. Uh, if you're streaming, you'll probably roster him at some point this season, probably several times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiba Ruiz. Uh, 14th catcher uh, by your rankings for the Nationals. Uh, I like this guy. I think he's going to eventually develop into a legitimate fantasy uh, catcher, someone that you look to draft in one catcher leagues, but not yet. Uh, do like his plate discipline. Uh, uh, wish I could talk. Like his plate discipline with uh, that uh, 11.5% uh, K rate. Um, is expected batting average, expected slug, expected wobble, all higher than the actual numbers. 86.5% big league career contact rate in a, in a you know, short career, but very impressive. And minor leagues batted uh, 301 with an 808 OPS in six minor league sis, uh, seasons. So I think there's hope for him. I don't know if, if this is going to be the season, though. Yeah, he's the store brand Alejandro Kirk. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's all I have to say. And then uh, the 15th guy that you uh, on your rankings, Danny Jansen, uh, you mentioned, you know, had uh, a good season last year, 15 homers, 260 batting average in 72 games, uh, missed a lot of time, uh, oblique and hand injury, uh, yeah, that, the home runs and RBI career average, even the batting average. Uh, but uh, you kind of question whether or not he could do it again. I mean, it was a big step forward. There's a lot of things to like about what he did. I mean, 10% walk rate, 17.7% strikeout rate, plate discipline looked great. The power looked great. Um, Playing time is a question mark, not just because he's going to be sharing that catcher role with Alejandro Kirk, but because he's been injured a ton. He only played 70 games in 2021. Uh, He played 107 games in 2019, but we've never seen him play more than that. So Mm -hmm. when you haven't done it yet, I mean, again, there's some ceiling here, right? Uh, This is almost like, sort of your your budget William Contreras, right? Mm-hmm. Like with just a lot, it's William Contreras with a lot more risk and no starting right. job. All right. So we're coming to the end here. And the next tier has Shea Langoliers, Gabriel Marino, Joey Bart, Mitch Garver. Any one of those four you think could uh, leapfrog into a top 15? Maybe, uh, you know, Gabriel Marino has a good pedigree, but, you know, uh, Carson Kelly still uh, with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, Joey Bart, man, uh, just not panning out. And uh, Mitch Garver with the the Rangers uh, has some power. But any anyone out of uh, the, the lower tiers that you think could propel themselves into a top 15 catcher? So Gabriel Marino has he does have an excellent hit tool, just hasn't it hasn't developed quite yet um, in terms of doing what we want for a long period of time. It hasn't come with any power is the problem. Mm-hmm. He can make the contact. He hit 319, 73 played appearances in the major leagues last uh, last season. He He's never going to be a threat to hit 20 home runs. Uh, so it's just batting average and OBP, and then the counting stats will depend on where they let him hit. The, the catcher in front of him, Carson Kelly, not a super healthy guy. Uh, he, he's missed time, and he's not someone that necessarily the Diamondbacks are looking at long term. So Gabriel Marino is probably the one I care about. 
Shea Langoliers, all power contact problems. Andy's in Oakland. That's no good. Yeah. Joey Hart, if he can just show some better play discipline, right? Uh, which he did. 38.5% for- K rate. That's not showing yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, he he's shown little flashes of it. He just can't keep it up. Um, it, otherwise, you know, as of right now, he's a streamer when he goes to Colorado. Uh, the other guy in this tier, Mitch Garver. If he plays, yeah, he's got power, but he doesn't play. So we'll see how yeah, that goes, right? John there's Hyde power, I mean, might steal some at bats from him as well. Yeah, and he walks. Yeah. That's yeah. fine, but that's it. Mm-hmm. All right. So good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's, like I said, a lot better. Uh, and you you phrase it right, like top ten, really uh, a lot better uh, talent at the catcher position. Kind of drops off. Uh, you know, g- getting to a top fifteen is a little tough, but the top ten has the. the the universe has expanded when it comes to fantasy catchers. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll, I'll talk this entire last year, right? It's like 11 dudes <laughs> ranked 20 and below. Uh, I'll, I'll say a couple things, um, you know, get off the Eric Haas bandwagon. If you were ever on it, uh, the mm. guy just, he's, he's way too aggressive at the plate. He'll probably move down in the lineup as the young tigers get better. He has Monty Grandal. Don't, don't get cute. He's too injured. The skills are too bad. Even with all that walk rate, that OBP is going to be hard to be above 300. Cause he can't hit. Zanino is still Mike Zanino. Um, mm. You stream him for power. Uh, Gary Sanchez, if he finds a team, even if he plays full time, he's a power streamer, nothing more. Uh, and, you know, the two catchers that are sort of interesting here who I, at once they get called up, they'll matter. I won't talk about them a lot because it's more of a prospect thing. Francisco Alvarez for the Mets. He's a top 20 prospect yes. in all football. He yes. can be very interesting if you find some time at the major league level. And Andy Rodriguez of the Pirates, another pitching, uh, pitching, sorry, catching prospect. Uh, he's definitely more of a hit tool guy than Alvarez, uh, though he did hit some home runs in the minors last season, 25 of them. The Pirates are terrible about bringing young players up. Just one of the worst in baseball. Uh, they're up there with the Rockies in terms of how they jerk players around, but he's definitely got some ratios to him. Uh, and so he could be very interesting if he comes up late in the season and you're in that streaming catcher game. And also, of course, in Dynasty, these are two of the best catchers that you can get your hands on in terms of prospects in Alvarez and Andy Rodriguez. Hmm. All right. Very good. So I think that just about slams the lid on things for today. Uh, Scott, you got to go uh, curl, right? Uh, I've got to go uh, babysit a uh, pug puppy and make some beef stew. Uh, you could follow my man, Scott Chu, at If the Chew Fits. You could follow me at Joe Galena. And uh, like we always say, hoping uh, that all your fantasies become realities. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>